Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability explicit or implied shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Real Marriage, Real Talk. This show is being brought to you by our sponsor, which is Build a Wedding, where affordability marries extravagance. Their phone number is 314-266-2667. Build a Wedding is a St. Louis premier wedding planning company. They offer premarital counseling in every package as a partnership with the Ministry of BIMR. BAW is offering 15% off for day of coordination packages now and through the end of March. So they want you to invest in your future marriage. So please call today, 314-266-2667. That's Build a Wedding. Awesome. Today we want to go right into our topic. And today we found an interesting subject that we're going to discuss today called the all or nothing marriage, which is what um, a lot of researchers have believed that we've entered into the era of the all or nothing marriage Time frame. Yeah, and it's, it's a question that yeah. they pose. Uh, are marriages today better mm-hmm. or worse than they used to be? Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting is they believe that bad marriages are worse than they used to be, but good marriages are better than they used to be. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's sort of these two extremes. If your marriage is bad, it's horrible. Right. But if your marriage is good, it's better. Than what, than it, used what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, the, and that comes from a lot of research, you know, yeah. from there. I thought it was you know, good. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting, right? Yeah. This is an article we found in the New York Times, and um, it's backed by a lot of a lot of really good data as far as, uh, I don't know, interesting concepts as far as, like, how they do research and polls, different things. Psychologists have gotten involved in this whole marriage thing that we've, mm-hmm. you know, we call it the marriage dilemma. But it's just um, a way of us getting information that is succinct. Yeah. Now, seeing what's really happening. Now, here, one of the things they talk about, too, I thought this was interesting. It stood out to me. It talks about the uh, 
the gap between good and mediocre marriages have increased. And so, (laughs) yeah, you know, because I guess before, based on research, our reasons have changed with why we marry. And so there were there were three distinct reasons that I thought was pretty neat when you when you look at they call it the errors. There's three different errors as mm-hmm. it relates to marriage. Yeah. And um, I'll just kind of go through the three real quick. But the first one was institutional marriage. This is where people married because of need. Mm-hmm. Back then, this was in the 1800s. Uh, people married because they needed food, clothing, and shelter. Right. So it was based out of need. That was called institutional marriage. Then you have what's called the area of companion, compa- companion, companionate marriage. Yeah. I may have said that, that word, wrong. Right. But mm-hmm. that word, basically companionship. Yeah, I had you all m- kind of letters to that. I said compassionate. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I did too originally. I missed that all but over. that was from the 1850s to 1965. Yeah. People here, that was during a free love time, right? People oh, yeah. were marrying because uh, they needed love. They yeah. wanted to be loved yeah. and then fulfilling sex life. That, okay. was the, that was the second era. The third era, which we're in now from 1965 to present, is the era of self-expressive marriage. And this is where people marry for uh, self-discovery, self-esteem, and personal growth. But I want to go back to this first one mm-hmm. because I thought that was kind of interesting. Eighteen In the 1800s, people were marrying out of need. Uh, they got married because... Uh, you know, for for basic needs, you wouldn't think that, right? That people get married because uh, they ate better, uh, more production. They had farms, yeah. And so I you get married, you had kids, because, yeah. I guess, and they could work and they can work the farms. And so their motivation back then was purely out of out of need, basic needs. Mm-hmm. You know, would yeah. you marry somebody out of basic needs? Would In you the marry? 1800s, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so not yeah. today. <laughs> not no, not today. I think that's the reason why there that the era has changed so okay. much because I think that what we've created. In the 1800s, if you look at it historically, too, it wasn't like a huge job market. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the only option you had was kill it and eat it. Yeah, when when yeah, grocery when, stores yeah. like we have today, well, right? Uh, they had the little, the little people would yeah, you know, the marketplace, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying it was a, it was an era where you really needed a quiver full okay. of children, just like the Bible talks about. You know, the era that we were, they were in was where having um what is it the Bible says about um you know. Uh, Whole bunch of kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. (laughs) Right, right. Having a whole bunch of kids. Right. But being fruitful, that's what I was looking for. Being fruitful and multiplying was very much um, on the agenda of the day because you needed someone, a bunch of kids to work the farm. Mm -hmm. You needed a bunch of kids to work the land. And, And unlike what we have today... Because I don't think it's better or worse. The Bible talks about not saying that when you look back that mm-hmm. it was better then than it is now. Right. I think it's just different. It's just mm-hmm. changed. But but when you talk about the era that they were in um, back then, it, it was more of a. It was really seemed like it was more of an ethical era when it came to to having children. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have. Um, a lot of children out of wedlock. Right. You had children because mm-hmm. of your marriage. Yeah. You know, and, and, not because right. you had slipped up. You know, right. <laughs> you, you were having you them babies on purpose because right. you needed somebody you needed some to, help. to to uh, till the land and exactly. to plant some seeds. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, the more the merrier. Exactly. You know, see, then you wasn't. Running that, uh, what do you call that thing where you dug into the ground? Come on, you remember? Uh, yeah, plow. My grandmother had one. It was a plow, but it was, right? uh, but it was, um, it was manual. Yeah. It's like, you know, you had a horse. Right. You know, a mule or something, and you just. You know, you ran it up and down the field. You, you, the yeah, country I girl. I don't, like I don't know yeah. much about that. Right. But, but it makes sense. Yeah. You know that it was, it was out of need. Institutional right? marriage. Institution. Now, now let's look at that though, because okay. we got to look at it also culturally. Okay. Um, because I think that sometimes some of the gap comes in because of cultural differences, mm-hmm. eth- 
uh, ethnicity differences. Yeah. Okay. So when they talk, and I'm just going to make it plain, black people during the 1800s weren't married. Right. We weren't allowed to. Okay. That's true. And so, it was illegal. Yeah. It was illegal for us to marry. And number one, because we were slaves. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't the same uh, concept. We didn't, we had fake marriages, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to say fake. They were real to us, but right. it was a jump in the broom mm-hmm. era. And then your husband might have got sold off to right to somebody next, down the yeah, road so institutional marriage for for us was a little different mm-hmm. when it came to how um because we didn't have land we no, didn't we were we didn't have farms didn't have that we were tended to yeah we didn't have except any for of somebody that. else's land right yeah mm-hmm. and so it was a little bit different as far as how we view the uh era of marriage and so i think that even when you look at it for for african-american people um you have to look at how can I put this? The era or the age in mm-hmm. which we've grown or changed is a little bit different yeah. culturally. Well, it's well, going to be. And, and let's look at it. I think it was more kind of, if I could use the term purpose driven, I married for a reason, you know, back then, you know, people were getting well, was, married yeah. because mm-hmm. they had to survive. Yeah, and maybe. even, even when we talk about slavery, you know, uh, during those times when they married in the 1800s, it mm-hmm. still was a purpose behind it. You know, yeah. Still, well, their purpose was yeah. really like you know, it was more of a pride. Mm-hmm. It was like it was a pride in marriage. It mm-hmm. was like you know, I'm, I'm marrying and and I need to you know, if if they got separated, you know, mm-hmm. even read the historical accounts of people who were separated from their wives. Um, that's the reason why I think we can't say better than better now, right? Because back then, for a culture, um, for our culture um searching out for your wife who got sold off Mm -hmm. it was it was a harmful thing it was like you had to find them you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so historically when you look back at the historical data and you really look through it and you really peruse it it really it's it's gut-wrenching yeah because back then husband lost his wife he's still looking for her he's like you know man you know where are my kids where my wife you know everybody's separated yeah and that's hard hard to imagine imagine, yeah i'm just yeah yeah, just saying that for the purpose of how Throughout the years, it's mm-hmm. very hard to track that. Yeah. Well, you know? and, and I think, too, as we look at the context of this article, they're looking at a progression over time, mm-hmm. how, how we've changed in our perspective about marriage. Then, you know, we originally married. It was institutional. Hey, it was something that people valued. They needed to do it. It was need-based more than anything else. It wasn't because she was pretty or, you know, even then when you talk about slaves, it, it was it was a self-worth thing. It was. You know, and so... So it, it had this objective, but then we moved into another era where it was a, uh, yeah, more about companionship. Word, right, right. Yeah, it was more about companionship. But you think about then, particularly as you got towards the 60s, uh, they talk about you know the need for love and to be loved and experiencing uh, fulfilling sex life. I, I wanted to ask when I read that one, do you think people still marry for that reason? To be loved, to have a fulfilling sex life, in what, or in what era? Now, That's today, this was the sec. This oh, is sort I of the do. second progression. I believe that people so, still marry for those reasons. People who have, um, yeah, a grounded viewpoint in what they want to um, live like. Okay. Then, yeah. Then I, I do. I believe if if you have a Christian worldview, then I think that you are marrying for fulfilling sex life. I okay. Do. You know, I, I, why, I why, why, when you say Christian worldview, why would you because, marry for fulfilling sex life? Because I think that because Christians automatically believe you can't have sex with just a bunch of people, you know, and so other people right, kind we of believe feel like, sex you know, out of, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, they, okay. so just the belief that a fulfilling sex life with one partner or monogamy um, kind of comes from that mm-hmm. idea or it spans from that idea, you know. I mean, I'm sure there's other religions that believe differently as well, right? But um, when you start talking about, um, actual like what we consider like your you know your moral latitude as mm-hmm. far as like what you will and what you won't okay. do then yeah then i would think that people 
would decide that, you know, hey, I want a fulfilling sex life. Fulfilling probably is a key word that you're right. probably honing in on. But um, some people are marrying just to have sex. So, right, you right. Know, so I don't know, well, if it, and, you know if the word fulfilling. If, you know, and, and Scripture says it's better to marry than, than to burn, right? So right. it's like, and we're talking about not burning uh, with going to hell, but passion. You know, we, yeah. we, we get, you know, you meet this person, you're drawn to them. And the Scripture does say it's better to marry them. Than to get involved with sex outside of marriage, exactly. you know, and so so we can, we can relate to that, we can understand it. But but one of the things I was when I was looking at this, uh, it talks about uh, you know love and, and and having a need to feel loved. Yeah. Um, is that a good reason though? To marry. To marry, having a need to because what we find particularly out, and the mm-hmm. reason I was thinking about this. Have young ladies, particularly in today's society, no father in the home, right? Okay. So they want love, and, right. and they have a they have a desire for it from a man, per se. And often we have such a need to be loved that we overlook maybe some signs of people maybe we shouldn't marry, you know, or um, someone who may not necessarily be good for us, but because we have such a need to be loved, we overlook you know all of the red flags per se we're dating or mm-hmm. or uh, engaged in that type of thing. Yeah, I, I would think there's two perspectives on that. Okay. And one is is that if it's a healthy outlook, mm-hmm. then just natural human instinct is, is, is we need to be loved. Okay. So just it, just in everyday living, if you're just a human, you need companionship. You need somebody who is, and it doesn't necessarily mean you need marriage. Okay. Because um, there's single people out there who are fulfilled, mm-hmm. happy fulfilled, and not living in sin, not living, but are happily fulfilled in their relationships with friendships. Okay. I'm just saying you need other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs them. But since we're talking, talking about, about marriage. marriage right. The idea love that you need love right. is is not to me. It's it's not a, an antiquated idea, or that mm-hmm. it's not something that you know we wouldn't reach for in a healthy way. Okay, that's a necessity. Right. But if you are unhealthy mm-hmm. in your viewpoints of how love is expressed or how people should interact with one another, if you've never experienced love and you're just searching, you're needy, you're clingy, mm-hmm. then then yeah, no, that's not a good reason to marry. Then okay. You probably should wait. But the, and, the problem is many, if you're needy and clingy, yeah, you you're won't not going to recognize it. That's right. That's mm-hmm. what I was just thinking. You know, who, who really knows what's healthy or not healthy if you are unhealthy, unhealthy. <laughs> you know, right. unless, unless you, you, you're intentionally Well, you know your saying, pattern, too, though. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've been living this way, you know you've been living this way. You right. know that you've been living unhealthy, and it's not profited you anything. You know that you've gone from relationship to relationship. Because mm-hmm. usually people who are needy and clingy who search for something in someone else as opposed to finding it in themselves mm-hmm. generally have a pattern. Yeah. And so if you can see that every relationship you sabotage it, every relationship you come into – um, you just become overloaded with uh, jealousy, or mm-hmm. or the other person can't take a breather. They mm-hmm. can't take a breath. Then, then yeah, you, you're that person. Okay. You know, you need to take a take a moment and not consider marriage. Okay. Yeah, you're a smother. Yeah, and 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 that's why we're huge advocates of premarital counseling. Absolutely. Because you can other people can identify some of those things that yeah. you may not be able to identify because if that's your normal, you won't know it's abnormal, Mm-mm. and so. You know, you need other think people. I'm supposed to yeah. be in their face 24 right. 7. I'm supposed to want to, like, eat their breakfast and mine. I'm supposed, <laughs> you know, supposed to do that. You're like, no. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah, they, or whatever. Yeah. So, so the, the third one was, uh, and it started around 1965, this era is the self expressive marriage. Mm. Now, now, I, I, I want to talk about this because yeah. it's talking about marrying oh. for self discovery, self esteem, and personal growth. And so okay. they're saying that if we had to define or describe marriage today, that's what it is. That kind of threw me a little bit. So I want to I want want to get your thoughts about this when you talk about marrying for self discovery. Um, 
I don't know. What, what do you think about well, I that? I think that the key word they put in there is says that the person that they're marrying makes them want to be a better person. Okay. And and that's their idea that, hey, I, I'm in tune with me, mm-hmm. and the person that I want to marry makes me better. They bring out you, the best in me. Can you explain that? They, make me better. They, make me a better um, they challenge me. They okay. accept my faults, but they also um, bring me to a new level of understanding. It's kind of like what we talk about in church is that mm-hmm. iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Is that if I want to be a, a better tool, then I don't want to be around people who are dull. So should dull I marry tools, somebody? I want to be around people who are sharp so that they can sharpen the the thing that's in me or make me better. But, but is that a good reason to marry? So, so for instance, if somebody's listening out at dating, should they look for that? Should they look for a person who's going to make them better? Yeah, and I think you got to look at it with, with eyes open, though, because mm-hmm. I think that some people say, well, the guy who is the uh, janitor can't make me better because it's profession. You're wrong because mm-hmm. there's some traits and some things that he has or some things that she has that um, could make you a better person. Mm-hmm. They could bring out some, I mean, some work ethics, some, yeah. some understanding, some, some, some good traits that are there that you're going to miss out on because mm-hmm. you're looking at their profession. So I think the eyes have to be open okay. to a broader spectrum when it comes to making me better, mm-hmm. not just make me more financially better because I think that's, that's the only thing we sometimes hone in on is that can they make me financially better? Okay. No, so let not me necessarily. Add your stuff together. Is Get them two s- little coins you got. <laughs> and put them together, <laughs> put them right? together, right. But is it a selfish perspective to say I need to marry this type of person because they're going to make me better. So when we talk about <laughs> self-discovery, I'm just, I'm just asking self-discovery, self-esteem, personal growth. Mm. That threw me. I mean, because I'm thinking I married you and I that stuff happened. Did you marry me, though, to make me better? I didn't marry you to make your me better. <laughs> <laughs> I married no, you no, because... I'm saying, okay, let's reverse okay. it. Maybe reverse I was it. And maybe to... see... No, don't tell <laughs> Okay, I, was, I, was... I don't want to know okay. why you married me. <laughs> Forget it. No. Okay. It's 21 so... years now. Whatever the reason is, it's over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> okay. okay. So, and it's like, for instance, you can marry someone... Um, and maybe perhaps we're getting hung up on the selfish side of it or look okay. selfish. But okay. maybe maybe I want to marry to bring something to the relationship and I want to make them better. I want to be a better help meet or mm-hmm. I want to be a good wife. I want right. to be a solid foundation for them to, mm-hmm. you know, to live life when they come home. You know what right. I mean? I think that we teach that a lot, you know, with, with you know, especially for wives, you mm-hmm. know, creating an environment where your husband wants to come home. Yeah. So that's making him better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that, but is in, that in essence is. Okay. You said it's making me better, but my, my question is I'm, I keep personal growth. I don't know. That's throwing me off. I think like, it's because it's that, those catchphrases yeah, that the world uses. Personal growth. Yeah. I mean, self-discovery. I'm a better you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Personal growth. So, because, because. But there's again, nothing wrong with personal growth in the sense that, you know. But I think marrying for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think personal growth is needed. We should all be growing. But should I pick a spouse or, or look for a spouse? Well, let's look at what personal growth would be. Okay. Okay. If you pick the spouse and you said, okay, because um, we believe in covenant. I believe okay. you can yeah. marry anybody. You absolutely. Know? I mean, absolutely anybody. Whether they make you better or not. I okay. think people yeah, can marry, can marry you all marry. day, yeah. you know, and as long as you understand covenant, you can make it work. Right. Okay. But um, so to marry somebody that makes you better, um, I guess I, I don't see a problem with that because I, I believe in covenant, you know, right. so I don't know if, um, I mean, I think you're going to have to work that out in the back end, whether or not it's a selfish reason yeah. that you marry them, you know right. what I mean? Whether or not you're saying that, okay, because I mean, what happens when they don't make you better? You right. Because that's going to happen. Did you, you throw know, them away? Gonna, right, you right. Get rid of, nope, you didn't work. You didn't right. make, you I'm didn't make still crazy. Better, right, right. <laughs> right. And so I think if you look at it like that from that perspective, right. then yeah, then no. Then okay. Of course not. So, but, so here's what yeah. they, they come, they concluded that, that this was this level, these different eras was based on uh, Maslow, right? 
and his human needs to fit into these different level uh, hierarchy levels. And it talks about the lowest lead, uh, lowest need being physiological. So, you know, you okay. got, you know, the food, shelter kind of thing. Right. And then it talked about uh, safety, then belonging and love. And then finally, I guess the highest level is self-actualization. Uh, you know, that's a, that's yeah. a lot of, uh, yeah. I don't you know what like we call malarkey, it, mum- right? yeah, malarkey, <laughs> mumble jumble. But, yeah. you know, this is what they based it upon, you know, that we evolve as people. And yeah. so there are these different needs. And so marriage is evolving with those needs. Okay. And so, you know, I, I mean, it's an interesting study. Now, yeah. I thought this when, was... I, what I was a little afraid of when, when I did read this, it says fueled by, talking about the self-expressive right. marriage, mm-hmm. it's fueled by the countercultural currents of mm-hmm. the 1960s. So they're countering the 1960s, and they have come to view marriage less as an essential institution and more as an elective means of achieving yeah. personal fulfillment. Now, right. that part, less of an essential institution, that's the part when you say you marry for personal fulfillment, means right. that you're saying to yourself, because I think that's the area we're in, is that I really don't need nobody. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but if you're going to be with me, you better be better, better than me. Yeah, and you better you make know? me better. Yeah. You better have so, more than yeah. me. You better help that me. idea. Yeah, yeah right. is a little mm-hmm. rough. You right. know, what I mean, that's but that's the era that we're in. We really are. Yeah, in that era, and we're also in that era in the church. We're kind of yeah. like that when we come to picking churches. Think about that, because mm-hmm. we're like, you know, hey, if this church don't make me better, or if they right. don't, you know, if they don't bring the heat, you know, if they don't, you know, if right. they don't got, you know, it's, it's what do we call, you know, the presence of God yeah. this mm-hmm. way, and you know, then we we don't want to attend that church. Right. And so it is. It's like we're 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 picking places based on self expression. Versus praying and actually getting an answer from God. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and this is where we are. And so, so here's what what they now I like how they concluded. Mm-hmm. They talked about uh, the great successes and great great disappointments of, of modern marriage, and and basically it had to do with time and energy. Mm-hmm. The people who could invest a good amount of time and energy in their partner or the, you know their spouse, they had great marriages. Yeah. But those who couldn't had terrible marriages. Yeah. Now, what's even more interesting that people with money or, or, or had the ability to spend uh, 35 hours or so a week, mm-hmm. okay, with their spouse, had much better marriages than people who couldn't. And it's, it's this great disparity between people with money and without money. Okay. What they concluded was that a poor person who having to work a couple jobs, two, three jobs, whatever, can't spend any time quality with their spouse, quality mm-hmm. time. There was a 30% disparity in that group between people with money and without money who said they had good marriages. And they believed yeah. that the people with money uh, and discretionary income had the ability to spend more time with their spouses, which produced better marriages. People who were struggling financially, had a lot of needs, mm-hmm. had to work different jobs, odd hours, that kind of thing, couldn't invest the time, so they could not produce a good marriage. And they yeah. said this was a disturbing trend that they saw in marriages today, yeah. uh, which was, it was only a 10% disparity back in the, what it was it, the 60s and 70s? 75 to 79. Yeah. yeah. 60s and 70s, it says, and it sharply started to decline yeah. around 1980. Right. But if you think about that, um, just just from a socioeconomic mm-hmm. position, that means then that our, what is it, um, the gap between who's poor. Right. And who has money is also widening. Yep. It's and not just that. Yeah. yeah. It's not just the the marital aspect of mm-hmm. it. We gotta look at the fact that the middle class is departing. Yeah. You either got money or you don't. Or you don't. Mm-hmm. And so and this is what we're seeing. Or here. expendable income. Yeah. Yeah. And so Whether I thought I thought that was interesting. Now, 
I'm always trying to look at this stuff in light of scripture, right? Exactly. So what does God say? Okay, we got a lot of research here. We got these different eras. But but I found it interesting that the Bible speaks about these these aspects. Of course, it doesn't call it eras, but these aspects of marriage. And one of the things, you know, one scripture is clear about need-based, you know, 1 Timothy 5 and 8. It says if you don't take care of your home, yeah. particularly those in your own house. It says that you're you have denied the faith and you're worse than an infidel or unbeliever. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about relationship and talk about marriage, it is the primary responsibility of man to provide for his home. Right. That's 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 just basic. That's basic. Basic. And so when they talked about institutional marriage, I don't think we've evolved from era to era to era. I believe all of those things were always required. Yeah. And so when you when you look at it, and that's the conclusion I came to when I started looking at scripture, because God is not talking about an evolution of man. Uh, in relationship, God says that you should always provide. You should have provided back then and you should provide now. Right. You know, it's not where we, you know, these were for motivators for marriage. Uh, these were things that God had set in order from the beginning. So I started looking at all three of those. So when you had the, um, you know, institutional marriage, the companionship marriage, and, and then self-fulfilling uh, type marriage, Really, you can find them all in Scripture, but not as evolution. Mm -mm. These are things that were required from the beginning when we talk about relationship. So when you read that, you know, in First Timothy, God says you should take care. Right. You should take care of your home. You well, should you always think provide. about the evolution, though, overall, mm -hmm. too, though. You look at the fact that it seems like, though it seems like, as in the article, they were, they were writing the article from the perspective that we have a greater ability to have a good marriage right. now. Mm -hmm. But yet the marriage rate is failing more mm -hmm. now. And yeah. so we have to attribute that to something. Yeah. Okay, so the marriage rate back then, maybe they had unhappier marriages is what they were they were mm -hmm. implying. Is that okay in the eighteen hundreds everybody was working so hard that they didn't have time to even see each other. You know. You know, nobody really cared about happiness. They were right. trying to get get not get the die. job done. Right. That's right. Stay <laughs> not <alive>. die. Right. Because <laughs> okay. you didn't have any central heat, you didn't mm -hmm. have you had to build fires, you had right. to work the land. And so you got the middle group who comes in, and they're all free love and happy and mm -hmm. excited. But yet at the same time, though, they don't have any commitment. Right. The middle group is not. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Committed. So mm -hmm. really, the middle group spoke to the next generation that you can have free love, companionship, but when that companionship runs out, so then the next generations take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. And they're going, okay, well, I want companionship, but at the same time, I want work, I want companionship, and then at the same time, now I also want self-fulfillment. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Give me some part. If, it, if I'm yeah, not growing I mean, personally from this, what's right. the point? And what the church has labeled that, mm -hmm. and I'm just going to put this out there, is it, you know, but what the church has labeled that is, is that purpose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have distorted purpose into a position hmm, as opposed to allowing purpose yeah. to really speak to us about what God's intention really was. So now if the person doesn't have any purpose in your life mm -hmm. or they're not fulfilling you, then you want to put them away. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's not in order. It's mm -hmm. not what God would have us to be like. Yeah. Now, now Solomon, I love King Solomon. He says this, he talks about how love is strong as death. 
He Ooh. says, love is strong as yeah. death. And he said, many waters can't quench love. Neither floods can drown it. Okay. And so, you know, when we talked about that middle group wanting, you know, love and, and fulfilling mm-hmm. sex. They do. Um, we always have craved that as mankind. That's right. You know, this Never isn't left. a new, this isn't an evolution. Hmm. Even back in the 1800s, they wanted that. They just was working all day. <laughs> you know, right. they wanted that farm. They had a time. They had time for something. Though. They had yeah. 18 years. That's right. right. They were doing something. I don't right. know how right. much time it took them, right. but they, they were making some babies. That's right. You know, but, but that's always been a need of mankind. Yeah. You know, there's always been a need. It says love is strong as death. That's, mm-hmm. that's strong. I think, you know? though, our need for, if you look at the 1800s and you look mm-hmm. at all the, let's, let's even just use the movie errors. Okay. Let's look at the movies that were set in the 1800s. Everybody had what's considered to be like a biblical base or a biblical worldview, mm-hmm. meaning that they understood that uh, work ethic was uh, was God. primal to God. Yeah. That he was like, That's hey, right. this is the way you do it. Right. And you love your spouse. You take care of them. Mm-hmm. You honor them by not having, you know, a mistress and a right. girlfriend. You know, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You honor or not having, you know, a boyfriend. You know, right. blah, blah, yeah. whatever, vice versa. Mm-hmm. But um, every a lot of it was shunned and shamed. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, every era has its you know good and bad. But at the same time, you have like this 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 whole like dichotomy that we kind of like are working on like today is that we got all these resources. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we got resources for uh, marital help. We got right. premarital help. But we're failing, and mm-hmm. uh, you know. But they was they was. They'd have nothing, none of these things, right. none of these things to, to work their marriage, as mm-hmm. we say, but yet we, we are failing. Well, and, and I think, you know, there's no resilience in marriage, but then we don't, but I think with uh, mm-hmm. time, yeah. you know, as they talk about these different eras, what we lost in all of this, uh, I think as we move toward a more selfish perspective, then the mindset mm-hmm. became that if it's not benefiting me, yeah. then I don't won't stay in it. Okay. Where I think in the eighteen hundreds I married to benefit somebody else. Yeah. So we reversed it. You know, before yeah. when you look at all of this, whether it was out of food, clothing, shelter, whether you know, we were we were marrying they were as people, we was were Was it married. really kind of the same though? I mean when you think about it, have we really evolved or we just really just changed locations? Do you know what well, I mean? Because you, you're marrying for the benefit of being able to. You didn't marry Susie because you thought she was great. You married Susie or John because you thought, wow, they'll be a great farmhand. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well let me ask you. Farmhand. Yeah, I'm like, you know, so is that like self, you know. Well, what, what, if, what if it was more of a mindset of that we're marrying that together we can make it? You know, versus by myself, because when you well, get women were property. So I don't know how much, you yeah, know, you know, what I'm saying, you know, I mean, in 1800s, I wasn't a woman. I was a piece of land, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I mean, really to own. Yeah. Not really. Um, so I think that's and I think that the balance of what we had as far as, um, well, you know, I was a slave. I guess I wasn't even property. You know yeah. what I mean? So well, you were so, slaves were property. Well, no, I mean, but not to my husband because right. I didn't have a husband. Right. I couldn't have one. But so so I mean you know we right. got all these other dynamics too. But I'm just saying that overall, um, is it really evolving at all? Yeah. You know what I mean when you really look at it, is it's it, like it really it's pretty. Changed? Or did they just or did they just shun divorce so badly back then that mm-hmm. nobody divorced but everybody was miserable? Do right. You know what I mean? And 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 that could be especially but, if you were property. You know what I mean? What, you're a woman. You're property. Like what, you know, you, what you kind of respect something. is that in the relationship? You know, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I mean, went, yeah, yeah you, well, yeah. The 1800s Ooh, got you. That's rough, right there. Right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just thinking too that when you look at the the, the dynamics of marriage and the scope mm-hmm. of it. You know, you and I believe, and we teach this in marriage, that when we have a single purpose together, yeah. that 
it allows us to overcome many, many things oh, because yeah. we have a goal in mind. I think what we saw then, and this is kind of the point I'm getting to, is that Good. they still had a goal. Yeah. Whether wife was property or not property, right. they had to work together <laughs> to eat, to stay yeah, alive. You're in line. That's so right. because they, they had a single focus, yeah. you know, they were able to make it. As we see these different era changes, mm-hmm. there was no longer, really even today's marriage, there's still an understanding that I really don't need you. And so the wife is saying to the husband, I don't need you because I got a good job, make more money than you in yeah, a lot of cases. That's right. that's you know, happening. so so there's not a single purpose. And so when I looked at Solomon, now Solomon writes this yeah. in the book of Ecclesiastics. He says okay. two are better than one. Amen. You know, and, and he goes on to say, you know, if one fall alone, there's no one there to help them get up. Mm-hmm. You know, but if two lie together, they have heat. Yeah. But one cannot warm themselves alone. Then he goes on to say that, you know, two shall, you know, uh, three, threefold cord is not quickly broken. Mm-hmm. But he talks about somebody prevailing against him, two shall withstand him. So when you look at the biblical context of, of marriage, and even when you get to the book of Ephesians where it talks about the two becoming one, in Genesis it talks about the two becoming one, in the gospel of Jesus talks about the two becoming one, there's a benefit of being together where there's this single purpose in mind. And I think when I look at the whole deal in the beginning, even though women didn't have rights, you know, even in slavery, the reason we were marrying because we could get more accomplished together. We knew one day you might be sold off or the woman knows she didn't have it. She knew she didn't have any rights, but in reality they were exercising a biblical truth that together we can do more mm-hmm. together. We can actually stay alive. You know, we can produce more. We could be more successful. And so they had a different mindset. Now, with marriage being based on personal growth, um, self-development, right. the whole concept of what, I've, I've never you know, even, I can't, I guess it's hard to even wrap your mind, my mind, around marrying for self-development. Because yeah. I don't think. And this is a survey with thousands yeah. of people over many, many years. Yeah, because I, I just you don't know? see and the hard part, I guess, is that when you have conversations, as many people that we've, we've counseled, it's hard for me to see that because I don't see many people today that we see mm-hmm. who have married for self-development. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I right. don't I don't hear that even in a short phrase. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I married him, you know, so I could But be maybe they're not person. using the term self-development. Maybe. Well, not necessarily those exact words, but I'm right. saying even around those words. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't see the... So what do, you, what do you think that mindset is when you yeah, talk about personal growth? Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm trying to understand self-development, mm-hmm. marrying for self-development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that you're going to, to grow or somebody. For instance... See, I think they're saying something in a nice way that they really want to say. So what say. are they saying? I think Give me the real, that, yeah, real the way. Yeah, the real raw way is, is that I'm marrying to uh, please me. I, I, right. I, okay. I, it's really, you know, it's. I, I think we got to cut through the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff, okay. Yeah. Okay. And just, you know, self-development, self-fulfillment. All mm. that really means is, is that I'm marrying them because... I think that they're going to give me a better quality of life. Got you. I yep. think that they're going to make my life better, whatever it is. You know, Remember the article we read about the young whatever. lady wanted to marry the CEO, said she only dated men that made between oh, 500000 yeah. exactly. above, and his response to her. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of that thing, I'll marry you if you can do these things for me. Yeah. And he, he said, like, why, why would I, I marry you, you? Right. when I already have these things? Exactly. And you don't. You add nothing to me. Right. And that's what he was saying, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And we understood that concept because it was very shallow to put it out there that I'm only going to marry a man who makes $500,000 a year. Right. And like I was making a point earlier about if you married the guy who you think is the janitor, maybe he's not making a six-figure income, mm-hmm. whereas now janitorial services nowadays can make six-figure incomes. But you wouldn't know that because the shallowness of our mind says that, you know, well, he can't be making any money. Mm-hmm. And why did he pick that job in the first place? Right. So you'll overlook him. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And miss a great opportunity to make yourself better. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think that could right. make you better. That's right. But, but yeah, but I think it's an interesting, um, you know, uh, um, yeah. not concept, but just yeah. interesting in what we're seeing in marriage or that mindset, you know, that, you know, I, I'm marrying because this is what they can do for me. Mm-hmm. When, when Biblically, you know, it wasn't about that. You know, when yeah. two become one, mm-hmm. um, husband and wife walk together on an equal plane. Mm-hmm. And together, we can accomplish anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you look yeah. at Solomon, who the Bible says is the wisest man that That's ever right. lived, yeah. he talks about the benefits. Now, he, he, you know, and we don't have time to do this right now, but he literally breaks down the benefits of being in union with someone. Yeah. You know, he, you know he's That's talking good. about, you know, how it's a good reward for your labor. Yeah, go ahead and go. You know, uh, I mean, you, you start thinking about that. He says a good reward. I mean, the, the payoff for working together is greater than working alone. That's right. You know, a good right. reward for your labor. Then he says, if you fall, everybody falls. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody hits a, a difficult place. Right. And he says that if you fall alone, mm-hmm. you know, no one had to help you. Right. You know, I don't care how much money you have mm-hmm. or what you've accomplished. Uh, if you fall by yourself, right, you got no one there to help you. And, and when you start looking at these two, you know, and the, again, the analogy Solomon used about heat. You know, by yourself, you can't warm yourself. No. You know, but if, you, if you're with someone else. You just shiver. Yeah, you just freeze to death. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you start thinking about this study. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the article is talking about all or nothing. Marriages always have been all. Yeah. It's always been yeah. all or nothing. It's never been give part, give some. Yeah. It's all from the very beginning. It's been all. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why the Bible shuns from us actually looking at one error and saying it was better right. mm-hmm. than the next error. Because I really, when you read all three of those, they all sound the same to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. They all sound like they have the component or the element of um, it's really all about me. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that each one of them left out, um, or almost each one, but I think that what we did do, if we want to look at it as far as progression, is we progressively left out God. Yeah. So if there's one thing that we progressively have done, and that is, is that we've moved from a we to an I, yeah, we and to left an God I. completely right. out of it. And is isn't that the whole uh, issue of sin? You know, when we when we look at it all, you know, when God created man, it was it was we were created in a model of dependency. We depended upon God, you know, mm-hmm. and then sin moved shifted yeah, us because we didn't like it then. That's right. Yeah. It's not new. It's not you know, new at all. We didn't like it then. We were like, I'm eating from this tree. Yeah, doing you know? what I want to do. I'm doing what I want to do. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> so. You know, so we, we moved away. Even when Jesus is tempted in the garden, yeah. everything that Satan asked him to do, it's it literally is him. to ask him to operate independently of God. Exactly. And so when we talk about marriage, it's not that there's been this evolution of marriage. Mm-mm. It's that we want to satisfy self. Yeah, exactly. You know, at all costs. At all costs. That's right. No matter what. And an unregenerate heart, meaning that a heart that has not been been saturated by the Spirit of God, will always mm-hmm. seek out its own self. Always. Always. Always, always. always. And that's, that's and, and even when you have a, gener- a new heart. <laughs> yeah. You still, you still gotta it. fight. You still gotta fight it to not be selfish. Yeah. Well, and think about it when it talks about you know the great success in marriage being the ability to uh, give time yeah. and energy to your spouse. What right. it's really saying there, you know, in a less technical way, is that if you're going to have a successful marriage, you got to serve your spouse. Yeah. You know, you've got to be willing to pour yourself into the relationship 
And that's been true from the very beginning. This is not a new truth, Whether a new revelation. Whether you're poor or right. you're rich. Mm-hmm. Same concept. Same concept. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you have, what you don't have. That's right. If you want a successful marriage, you've got to make a decision to sow yourself into the other person's yeah. life. Now, you I know. can hear someone saying, okay. you know, if you're like the 1800s, working three jobs, mm-hmm. and you are trying to make life work, then what do you do if, you know, how, what, how much quality time can you possibly have if you've got three kids and, uh, you know what I mean, and, mm-hmm. and three and a half kids and a dog and you got three jobs and a house to take care of, you know, how do you really pour yourself into, you know, your spouse? And that's, and that's, and that's the challenge and when they talk about the disparity gap between people who have things yeah. and people who don't. But I, but I think well, you have, can steal, yeah. but you can steal time. For instance, yeah. there's, there's often, it's 24 hours in a day. And I know often we're tired. If you work two jobs, you're going to be tired. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be very important that you carve out time. You know, all of us get extremely busy. For instance, a person that owns a business, they can work that business 18 hours a day, Mm -hmm. you know, easily. And some people do that. Yeah. But it's important that you make. What they do have, though, is Mm -hmm. the ability to go on vacation. Right. You know, but is that enough? That you know, it sounds. Well, like- I'm just saying that part of that time is counted. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because they have the ability to take. I think that even people who are hardworking people, we sometimes still, still too, have to take our finances into consideration. That maybe we don't have to. Some of us that are working two and three jobs really don't have to. Right. But we just are doing it because we want to we have want a certain things. kind yeah. of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I think some stuff could really be let go. We're not as poor as we think we are. Right. But. Some stuff could really be let go of so that we could have quality time or something can be saved for yeah. so that we can have so quality let's, time. So let's talk about well. this while we have a few minutes left. So yeah. how do we – so if time, invested time in your spouse is yeah. the answer, mm-hmm. okay, what are some ways where we can practically mm-hmm. uh, redeem the time, yeah. you know, and get more time with each other? Yeah. What are some and ways we, all we can do that? know that time is equal really to, to finances. See, mm-hmm. time is equal to money. Yeah. So that means that you need to get your budget down. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's yeah. good. Get your budget down. Get your budget down. You need to figure out a I way. I wouldn't have said that. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, you need to figure out a way that you don't have to work as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you can work uh, more, what do you say, quality over quantity. Okay. And so get the budget down. If you have two cars, get rid of one of them. Okay. You and your spouse can figure that out. But, I mean, you know, we, we lived off one car for years. Mm-hmm. For years, you know. And I we still really have one car, Gazilla car. Is our daughter's car, but but one one car is really sufficient for a family mm-hmm. if you can work that and not have two car payments. Okay, that's, that's so that's way. good. So yeah. get the budget down. What else? So that's good. So who's mm-hmm. listening? We're talking about how to redeem time because if time is the answer, mm-hmm. investing time in your spouse is what makes for a great marriage. Then then we know that. And so how do I, I redeem time? Mm-hmm. So. Getting a budget down for anybody that's working two jobs, three jobs. Figure it out. You, you got to get rid of some debt. Maybe yeah. you don't need as much as you think right. you need. So Christmas you can, time is yeah. little. That's right. Maybe this year, you know, we've had years like that too where, you know, we didn't do Christmas. Mm-hmm. We just, we gave that okay. Christmas. We were like, hey, you know what? We're going to set some money aside and we're going to give this Christmas. You so know? what else? Give me some more ideas. I don't know. That's all Redeem, I got. <laughs> so you saying get out of debt and you'll be happier. Right. That's all I well, got. I, right. I, I think of one. Um, schedule. Um, yeah time that's good you know we had to do that we get busy and so yeah. we have a date night and we don't deviate from it uh unless we try, it's not, just, to. We try not to yeah. every once in a while we right. do but we have our date night and we are going on our date no matter what right and so but until we schedule time i could always find reasons not to go we got to do this we got to do that we got to do that and i could it's, find reasons to be mad yeah you know, right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah schedule the time so so reduce the budget 
schedule the time. Right. You got to decide that we're going to spend this time right. together. I think those two really are mm-hmm. sufficient. Okay. Is that, so those know, two really, points yeah, are turnaround? Yeah, I think those are for a turnaround because you, you really can find money. Okay. I mean, seriously, you really can. I mean, you know, I mean, when we, and I believe that we had gotten to like really poor. But I we were really felt, poor. Yeah, I think so. You know, I think so. You know, <laughs> felt like it anyway. <laughs> felt like it. Yeah, poor enough to um, have to share mm-hmm. meals sometimes with the homeless people. Yeah, I think that's that's like you know, I mean, you know, not like in like a, we at the homeless shelter, but I'm just saying like you know the hot dogs that they was eating. We was like, yeah, we get one of them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we eat with y'all. You know, so I think that it's okay though for you to cut the budget. You know, it's okay. We give you permission mm-hmm. to go ahead and figure out. You know what money. Um, you can figure out. I mean, whether or not you have decide to just get down to one credit card. Mm-hmm. You really only technically. I mean, Dave Ramsey teaches you don't need any. Right. But you know, I mean, if you're going to rent a car, in most places you need a credit card. Mm-hmm. Now he probably teaches that you don't rent the car either. I don't know. You know, I have no <laughs> idea. Know He's like rent. get on the bus. You right. Know, like, you <laughs> Ride the bus out. to that right. date. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Be romantic. That's right. right. <laughs> But yeah, and but, don't but get fear. any any drink water when you. Eat, that's right. You know, so. yeah, that's good. Yeah, because yeah. them sodas are two dollars and fifty cents oh, yeah, per uh, drink can. Okay. I mean, there's all kind of things you could do, but at the same time, I think that money, it, since it's the root of what causes us a lot of times to have the argument, mm-hmm. is that if we get the budget down um, low enough then we can have some expendable time together. Mm-hmm. Don't spend the money on something else. Now, that takes some discipline. You know, I'm thinking about this while you're yeah. talking. I, I wouldn't have connected that. That's really good because when I, I was just thinking about those three different eras, one about need, the other one about companionship and love mm-hmm. and fulfilling sex, and the other one about, you know, personal growth and, you know, self-discovery, that kind of thing. You start thinking about those things. They do tie into finances. Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, the reason they were working a farm because they needed things. They needed. You yeah, know, they needed yeah, they, to eat. They needed to eat. You know, and then when you talk about um, companionship, you know, you're talking about time together, you know, yeah. so the dating and, you know, going out and, you know, just vacations and all those things. Mm-hmm. They have a, a basis in all of these things as it relates to money right. and then, you know, personal growth, you know, self-achievement, you know, mm-hmm. usually for us that ties into career, career goals exactly. and accomplishments and achievements. And so um, I find that fascinating that you said that if we get our finances in order, mm-hmm. which would give me more time, yeah. then I can see more success. Because many of the stresses in our relationship, we know money is always in the top three reasons for divorce. Absolutely. So if we get that in order, mm-hmm. reduce some of the stresses, we can spend more time together. Then it produces a, a more fulfilling marriage and, and happier mm-hmm. people yeah. in the relationship. Yeah. That's interesting. I, it's very rare that you find people who can live in lack and still be happy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like that we we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength, but it's very rare that you find people who who really live that way unless they're missionaries, unless mm-hmm. they have just sold out for the Lord. Right. And they they're like, you know, hey, finances don't mean nothing to me, mm-hmm. you know. And there's some people out here who are like that, who just naturally are like, you know, hey, I don't really have to have much in order for me to enjoy life. But, okay, but mm-hmm. what about the couple I'm thinking about this that have mm-hmm. lots of money and they're unhappy? What yeah. happened with them? It's the same thing, though. I mean, okay. I think that, that it's the same thing. The mm-hmm. degree of that is is that the bottom line is that they haven't made the relationship the priority. Okay. The people who lack money usually mm-hmm. haven't made the relationship the priority because they have to always get. They're always mm-hmm. on the hustle. You know, they're right. always, like, okay. on the grind. The other people haven't spent any time in their relationship because they've been on the grind all the time, too. Mm-hmm. So they, they're, they're maintaining it. They're yeah, always made. Yeah, so the, really they're both in the same spot. It's just that it's a decision that has to be made about how we want to govern this relationship. Mm-hmm. And so so the people who 
they're on the opposite end. So okay. they don't have to get the budget down. What they have to do is decide not to work 18 hours because they don't have to. You already got enough in savings. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't right. You don't have to be top man on the job this week because you, you already did that last mm-hmm. week. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't want anybody to get the idea that we said if you got money, you're going to have a happier marriage. Oh, no. Because that's not it. Because mm-hmm. just because you got money doesn't mean that you're going to spend time with oh, your spouse. No. Because it's an investment of time. Absolutely. And, and you know, we know plenty of people who do well financially that are struggling in their marriages. But it's you, it, it definitely is a factor here where they're not able to spend time, maybe the demands of their job. Exactly. You know, uh, they're out of town all the time. And mm-hmm. so, again, same thing. You may not have to deal with cutting your budget but you've got to allocate time you got to redeem some time you got to find time for Mm -hmm. your spouse because uh, every woman wants to be secure and feel like she's valuable and if you don't spend any time it really devalues the person that's right you know that's why i said that those two things cover it because Mm -hmm. you get the budget down if you're if you if you if you're overextended get your budget down Mm -hmm. if you got enough money then get the time in there so then you've got two things that cover both both Mm -hmm. sides of the spectrum whether you're poor whether you're rich whether you're in the middle yeah you and and some of us need to do both you know i mean get the budget down if just because you're rich don't mean that you got all your bills set up right you know (laughs) i've seen a lot of rich overextended people Mm -hmm. so so one or the other you know or both yeah need to be taking place so so when we talk about being all in uh as we get ready to wind down here we're, we're talking because i keep thinking we've been talking a lot about serving one another right in love and that you know the commitment here of time is that being willing to give of yourself make sacrifices right. you know it's everything that you're doing you don't have to do Mm-mm. you know and you can eliminate i guarantee anybody listening right now could probably find uh an extra five to ten hours a week that they're wasting that they could use to invest in their spouse, mm-hmm. whether it's watching TV or sleeping, you know, sleeping yeah, right. <laughs> or excessive hobby time. Right. Mm-hmm. But we've all got about a five or ten hours a week. So imagine finding if you can hear us now and find that time uh, and invest it in your spouse. You'll see a dramatic difference in your Absolutely. relationship. I think so. Yeah. So listen, we are out of time. We appreciate you listening to Real Marriage, Real Talk. Uh, you can find us on iHeartRadio. Matter of fact, on demand, just search Real Marriage, Real Talk, and you can find our shows. We're also on W4CY uh, Radio, and that's every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. Uh, you can also find us locally here in St. Louis on KXEN 1010 AM on Tuesday mornings at 1045 AM. Also, uh, we've got a marriage retreat we'd like to invite you to. It's coming up April 16th through the, eight, 16th through the 18th of right. April next month and it is going to be an awesome time you can find tickets on our website at bimrworks.com go to events and it'll give you uh, all the information we would love to have you there uh, it's going to be an awesome time this year and so also go on facebook and like us um, we are very active on our facebook page and you can find us on facebook.com bimrworks uh, we're always engaging uh, also we do some videos we got some videos on marriage teachings on vimeo what is it? Vimeo.com uh, forward slash Real Marriage Real Talk. Absolutely. And don't forget about our sponsors today. Our sponsors today were Build a Wedding, which is where affordability marries extravagance. So call them up at 314-266-2667 and tell them that Real Marriage Real Talk sent you. We are look f- looking so forward to you utilizing those services. They're an awesome team. God bless you. And thank you for listening to Real Marriage Real Talk. 
You've been listening to Pastors Ken and Beverly Jenkins of Real Marriage Real Talk. If you'd like to support them in helping marriages across the globe, you can do so by visiting their website to become a partner or a sponsor at BIMRWorks.com. That's BIMRWorks.com. Or call them at 888-630-BIMR. That's 888-630-2467.